Hi, my name is Daniel Tonkopi, and I beat the often pass by competing without competition and by fighting without fight. Welcome back to the Beat the Often Path podcast. I'm your host, Ross Palmer. On this show, we showcase unusual success stories to help give us a broader perspective on what success even means and to help us achieve a better kind of success that's more fulfilling than just made a ton of money, even though money is a big part of what we do here. Daniel Tonkapi is a serial entrepreneur, and he's my guest today, and he's forged his own eco-friendly and thoroughly unique path through this life. He has traveled extensively in his career, and now he has a business that is based in both Los Angeles and in Kiev, Ukraine. A series of business ideas led him to founding his current company, Delfast E-Bikes. But this isn't your ordinary e-bike, make no mistake. Delfast has the Guinness World Record for longest distance traveled on a single charge with a range of 200 plus miles. The bike also has a max speed of 50 miles per hour, making it by far and away the most powerful in its class and it's exceptional for heavy duty commercial industries like police work or deliveries and many other use cases that he'll explain in this talk. So in light of the current situation over there in Ukraine, Delfast is donating 5% of all sales to support Ukraine right now, which is just an awesome initiative. Danielle has such an inspiring story of triumphing over failure and staying true to your roots. So I cannot tell you how thrilled I am to introduce you right now to Daniel Tonkapi. Competing without competition, fighting without fighting. What an interesting thing. I love uh, opposites. It's like yin and yang, very zen. So how do we compete without competing? How do we fight without fighting? That's what we're going to learn. <laughs> Can you explain a little bit about that? Yeah, of course. Uh, so I'm kind of person that uh, I I don't like to compete. So if I go to the market and I see hundreds of competitors, I don't know what to do. I have no idea how to struggle, how to fight with them. And I should, uh, I should be fighting for this, uh, uh, you know, per percentages of margin. And I don't want this. I, I want to come uh, and just do what I like just to enjoy uh, my business or my whatever, my everything. So I, I want to go uh, to Las Vegas on holidays because, because I don't want to stay uh, in the line in the hotel. I, I don't want to see all these queues and that, and that I don't want to wait uh, for, for hours in the queues. So uh, I, I will go in the less busy uh, season and I will start business in the less busiest area. So to create something new, to create something unique and beautiful without the competition. I like that. Have you ever read the book Blue Ocean Strategy? Do you know that book? Yeah, I, I like it. Uh, yeah, it's kind of that. Uh, actually, I, I never read this book, but I've heard a lot. You know the idea. You don't need yeah. to read it to know what it's uh, about. Oh, okay. I, I guess I, I know the idea. I've read the like, sh short version and yeah. uh, I've heard thousands of times about this book yes this is kind of like that but uh when i uh, established my business uh, in delivery service uh i thought uh okay i don't want to create just another delivery just uh, another common delivery and uh, like everyone has uh i i was in kiev ukraine and uh, i thought okay or probably uh, there is no fast delivery, like one hour delivery. You, you can del you can order pizza and you will receive it within one hour. But there is no, you know, one hour delivery for smartphones. If you order a laptop, you you have to wait for one day or two days. Uh, so I decided to make a delivery for ordering smartphones with the speed of pizza delivery. And uh, there were Amazing. no, yeah, thanks. There were no such deliveries, uh, not even in Ukraine, but in the US as well. Amazon Prime uh, launched their one hour delivery after that. But, of course. I, I don't tell they stole, they've stolen my idea, but they <laughs> launched after me. <laughs> sure. So uh, that was uh, totally this, uh, yeah, we may say blue ocean. So our uh, uh, unknown area, I would say, hmm, uh, Territory where nobody went and where where, where nobody worked, and the guys from deliveries uh, they laughed at me. 
They said, ah, where are you going? Do you know how delivery works? It usually takes one or two days because it's so complicated. It's so tough. You have a lot of operations. You have to load and make routing and then um, unload everything. So you have 100 parcels in this car, in this van. I said, okay. Uh, I know that pizza could be delivered within one hour. So I don't see any reasons why smartphone could not be delivered within one hour. Mm-hmm. Let's try it. Mm-hmm. So we launched it, uh, even when everyone laughed. And after one month, we became operationally profitable and we became number one of uh, the fastest delivery in Ukraine. Wow. <laughs> yes. One so month? Yes, yes. And we then we raised uh, half a million dollars of investments, and then we grew up, then we opened our branches in other countries, in Kazakhstan, in Poland. So we, we grew up, it, it worked. Uh, so that, uh, and yes, this that one shows you the power of a great analogy, the power of a great metaphor. Because sometimes we overcomplicate things, don't we? We say, how do we do this? All the logistics, the moving pieces, and you say, yeah, but pizza can be delivered. That's it. Mm-hmm. And that analogy was enough to become successful in that business. Wild. Yeah, right, right. So, yes, this is how I compete without competition. I'm going, I, if I would create uh, another common delivery service, I would have to compete with other hundreds of deliveries. And they know how to do it. They have a lot of experience. And I didn't have any experience. Uh, and that was another reason why others laughed at me. Where are you going? Do you know how to deliver? No, I don't. So what are you going to do? So I said, I had an idea uh, in absolutely different area, uh, but others. And I went there and I became the number one. Wow. Well, I think it's worth noting. So from my research, you've been a serial entrepreneur for at least about 20 years now. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. Okay. So you've been doing this for a long time. You started many businesses. You've got some new accolades, but I think Looking at the image that is behind you on your screen right now, we have to talk about the one that you are doing now, which is one of the coolest things. I mean, there are so many things that are amazingly cool about your story. First of all, that you've got a split business in both California and Ukraine, which is awesome, especially uh, considering everything that's going on right now. Um, obviously, on this show, we stand with Ukraine, support Ukraine in any Thank way you. possible. So I'm, I'm with you, my friend, and I support Thank what you're you doing, much. and I believe in you. So that's... I just wanted to get that out of the way at the beginning to make very clear. But behind yes. you is one of the most awesome-looking e-bikes you've ever seen in your life, for those who are just listening. It's incredible, and it'll be on the screen if you watch the video. Tell us about how this idea came about. Yeah, that was a continue, continuation of uh, our delivery story. So uh, I am a big fan of eco. Uh, and this is electric vehicles. So, yeah, we stand for zero emission and uh, clean air and uh, clean energy and everything. Uh, so uh, when I thought, okay, how to do one-hour delivery? So we are about to disrupt this uh, delivery industry, right? And to disrupt the industry, we, sh- we should use disruptive te- technologies. So uh, And there are no mm, many, you know, uh, parts in the delivery businesses. It's uh, about people and transportation and software okay so it's like the main parts and i thought uh, transportation uh, when i deliver um, on a motorcycle i have to pay up to 40 percent out of the cost uh, to for gas and i pollute air so and i have to you know to pay for repair for maintenance for oil and everything so it's complicated so uh, cars are also stuck in traffic and i have to pay for gas and they also pollute air bicycles uh, could be good for one hour delivery just common pedal bicycles but couriers are getting tired so uh that all small parts of the puzzle and uh, my biggest idea was i want to use electric bicycles uh, I grew up, uh, my father was a professor of ecology, and I became a like second-generation environmentalist. So I thought, that, that was my initial idea. Let's use electric transportation, and uh, not electric car, but uh, electric bike. And uh, that time, 2014, I, I, I've ne- I never seen electric bike. So that was my first experience. I thought, uh, okay, let's try it. Uh, let's... Uh, just let's let's try this idea. Let's test this hypothesis. 
Uh, and we bought our first e-bike with my partner, Sergey. Uh, I thought that could be a good uh, challenge to use these e-bikes in one hour delivery. So I thought, let's try. Uh, I charged it and the seller said, this bike could go for 80 kilometers, so 50 miles. Uh, so I thought, well, well, for our courier's job is not enough because we need like maybe up to 200 kilometers, so 130 miles. Uh, but let's let's try it just for the beginning. So we, uh, I charged it. I thought uh, I'll have a good ride for 25 miles one way, 25 another. I, that was a beautiful day. Uh, I rode it, but after 15 miles, uh, it, it just stopped. Mm. Uh, I called to to a merchant and uh, asked him, "Hey, guys, something has been has broken, or I don't know." Uh, he said, "No, that's okay." I said, "No, it's not okay. You promised me 50 miles per hour, but it made 15." Uh, he said, uh, "Of course, uh, 50 if you will help with pedals." Mm-hmm. I said, "Seriously, if I help with pedals, I will go for a thousand miles." That doesn't make any sense. Uh, I need a, an e-bike with a huge range, not even 50, but 130. So uh, this is how we realize that uh, all of uh, available e-bikes has uh, have small range, like less than 30 miles on a single charge. Mm-hmm. And that's that's true. Uh, like 99.9% of e-bike on the market. Yeah. And you know this. Yeah. I do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have so, one. Yeah. What is the range of it? Uh, it says 45. I think the upper limit is 60 miles. It depends mm-hmm. on conditions. 40 miles in all conditions, they say. I haven't uh, tested up a mountain, but somewhere in there. With pedals? With using pedals? Yes, it has a throttle. It can only go up to 20 miles an hour with the throttle. Right. So you don't have to pedal at all, but then it, it governs itself and it stops. If you pedal, it can go up to 28 miles per hour. Right. Somewhere around 45 miles. And do you mean that uh, 45 uh, with the help of pedals, right? I think so. I've never, I've never okay. held the throttle down for 45 okay. miles. I don't yeah. know how far it'll go just on the throttle. I've always pedaled. Yeah, of course. But uh, let's just assume if you would use uh, only throttle bar without using pedals, you would have less range. That makes uh, sense. I believe yeah. you 100%. <laughs> yeah. I'm, you yeah, so know what you're talking we about. Know. You're an expert. Yes, we, we've met with that. Uh, so we realized that... Uh, all the e-bikes are not good for commercial using. They have small range. They, ha- they are good for fun, for riding, for commuting, but not for hardcore users, like yeah. couriers, like delivery services, postal companies, and no rental companies, police, and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So we ha- uh, we started to develop e-bikes for our couriers, just to make the long range and uh, uh, low cost of maintenance, uh, high off-road capabilities, and everything. So just to solve our own problem. And step by step, we created the e-bike, which made 370 kilometers on a single charge with 220 miles on a single charge without using pedals. Unbelievable. So, yes, that was crazy. And nobody believed us, in fact. And this was when you got the Guinness World Record for range, exactly. or did that come later? Yeah. Yes, that was the time. Uh, no, no one uh, believed us, and uh, we had to establish the official record just to prove hey guys we do this and And 200 miles 200 miles is insane 200 (laughs) miles is nuts for a single charge on a bike (laughs) absolutely yes yes that's true okay uh, let's be honest it's not it's in the perfect conditions like on the velodrome but still it's it's crazy it's the largest uh, distance uh, in the world traveled on a single charge right so th- th- that's another example of how to create a product uh, where you don't have to fight. Like uh, I didn't create a, an e-bike with a 45 mile range or 20 mile range. Uh, so where, and there are hundreds of uh, same products in this area. So I created the one outstanding product with 220 miles and I created the best product for couriers, for police officers, for professional users. So, yeah, another illustration. Yeah. And the thing is, your bike, it doesn't look like a normal bike. It looks kind of like a motorcycle. I don't know how to describe it. It looks awesome. Much more intense than just your average bicycle. It looks like you could take it off-road, like it would survive anything. 
Yeah, it's something between a bicycle and the motorcycle. I would say kind of moped, but with a bicycle look. So there is battery in, in the triangle frame and motor inside the rear wheel and the throttle bar and uh, all this, uh, you know, mirrors, light packs. We have uh, always on GPS sensors. So we had some cases when uh, our bikes were stolen, but we found them within hours. So we have, uh, yeah, all the security features and all the smart features. So we are creating not just, you know, bicycle with a motor, but we create the intelligent bicycle, smart bike. And uh, yeah, I think we are pretty successful in it. Yeah, I love the idea that you said you you avoided competition by creating something truly outstanding, truly different, and your goal was different. You right. were trying to build something with a specific target audience in mind, and it's interesting that you had this goal of maintaining professional courier service all day, uh, which other people didn't have. Maybe the other company's goal was just to create an enjoyable bike for people like me to go ride around. But you're saying, no, this has to have very specific features for my use case, which coincidentally is another business that you built and pioneered. <laughs> right, right, absolutely. So in order to make your first business successful, you had to create a second success, <laughs> even more <laughs> successful business. Is it more successful yeah. than the delivery? Uh, that's a good question, uh, because uh, in 2020, we sold our delivery business, okay. delivery part. So uh, that was COVID lockdown and uh, couriers were in high demand and uh, we sold that part. So we okay. couldn't uh, hold uh, two businesses at once. So we had to choose. And yes, the e-bike business became, it, it's growing like three times a year. And uh, yeah, it, it is really, it could be a really global and huge corporation. Yeah. I believe in multi-billion uh, valuation company, and I'm I build such kind of company. So with ten billion valuation, twenty billion, I don't know where we'll come, but this is our goal. And uh, yeah, your goal is to, to have a multi-billion-dollar evaluation yes. with this company. Incredible. That's true. <laughs> Thanks. Incredible. So yeah, we we had to choose at once. Uh, at one moment, we just sat with our top management, with our stakeholders, and uh, I showed them the picture. I, I told them, hey, guys, uh, we have the delivery service. Uh, it, it is growing like, uh, I don't know, 10% a year. Yeah, uh, That's okay, but not really good. Uh, and we have bikes, bike delivery, bike uh, production units. Sorry. Uh, and we just launched Kickstarter in 2014. 17 so maybe we thought we started to think about to compare it in 2018 or 2019 and i compared and i showed them figures that the bike production unit is growing like three times a year compared to 10 percent a year so i thought here we have huge perspective here we can become you know a huge corporation like tesla among bicycles if you wish so yeah they saw figures and they accepted it. So we officially chosen our strategy and we refused from doing courier part of the business. Yep. So that's another uh, good, uh, you know, good decisions that we made uh, just to, to stop supporting some part of the business to focus on the successful one. So we, we decided to sell our delivery company super cool well you know i it's it's coincidence that this that this meeting happened right now or maybe it's not depending on what you believe in but for me it's kind of a coincidence because i just became an e-bike owner about one week ago after wow. never really <laughs> cool. knowing about it um a recreational one i actually got it for my wife because she was having trouble keeping up with me on some rides i didn't realize that when i got her an e-bike that not only would she be able to keep up with me but that she'd be able to crush me and go four <laughs> times faster i thought oh she'll go as fast as me not the case she goes so much faster now with this bike and i immediately realized this is something awesome that everybody needs to have and we live in california as you know and uh, basically yeah. in la car car as car. Well as I everything is cars everybody is on a car um but I spent many years in Europe where the bike lanes and I, uh, my wife is Dutch and I lived in the Netherlands where there are dedicated bike lanes with their own traffic. So bikes can go everywhere. And it's normal in Europe to commute with a bike. In the U.S., that is not the case. But you quickly realize that 
especially if you have been to Europe or if you've seen this, you realize that there's a lot more that you can do on a bike in general than most Americans believe. Like, for example, my daughter lives a few miles away or her daycare is a few miles away. I can go mm-hmm. pick her up from daycare on the bike. I don't need to get in my car for a six-mile right. round-trip journey. You need to get some stuff from the grocery store. Do you need to take your car to get a backpack full right. of groceries? And when you realize how fun it is and you're getting some exercise and you're getting some fresh air, you're getting out in nature, it really is a win, 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 win. And then you come home, you plug it in, and you didn't spend any on gas. So I've been just loving. Which is expensive today. Yeah, it's so expensive. <laughs> and I've just been loving the idea of replacing many short trips with an electric bike. I think it's a concept that a lot of people will hopefully take on board soon if they haven't. I fully share. I absolutely agree with you. This is exactly what I'm thinking of. Like, I believe that e-bikes are the best personal transportation, like for this uh, less range uh, trips. I don't know. Exactly what, what, what you said, that, that, what I'm thinking about. I, I believe that within five years or something, we'll have a lot of e-bikes on our cities. And it's much better than so motorcycles. Yes. Uh, much better than bicycles because uh, I'm a little bit lazy. I, I don't really love to pedal. I can, but uh, I don't. If I have an opportunity not to pedal, I would use this opportunity. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, and electric it's bike specific too. Yeah. Because some countries, like the Netherlands, are completely flat. There's not a hill in the entire country. But here, there are a lot of mountains and foothills. And if you go out your door and it's straight up a mountain or it's straight down a mountain, and then you have to mm-hmm. come back up a mountain, that's going to really discourage people from getting on a traditional bike. But an e-bike makes that trivially easy. Up, down a mountain, it doesn't matter. It's all good. Absolutely. Absolutely. You can have much I more have, fun. Yeah. You can go farther. And in your case, you can go 200 miles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's far. That's You can go to, to some parks or to take some very nice far. rest, meditation. I don't know. And um, yeah, I see a lot of use, use cases. Uh, go to groceries. Just You, you don't have to look for park uh, parking. Uh, you don't pollute air. You, you don't... Uh, spend uh, gas and don't uh, don't make emissions with your car right so uh i'm really for for the ecology and for ecological using not in terms of only clean air but in terms of uh, ecological consumption yeah. if you know what i mean yeah i do and do you think that it's fair to say that going forward electricity is not really going to be the problem from an eco standpoint i have the feeling that electricity is not what we need to worry about and let me give you an example a few weeks ago it was said that for one brief moment all of california's energy needs were met for an hour or a couple minutes a hundred percent of california's total energy demand was met by renewable resources for the first time ever in the history And you get the sense that energy, especially in the form of electricity, is something that we will have lots of. Stuff we may not have so much of, gas, fossil fuels, water, other irreplaceable minerals. But I have the feeling that that electricity will be abundant. Do you feel that way? Uh, well, I... Uh, I can prove that uh, we are going towards uh, the renewable energy. And uh, Germany, I guess, uh, Ned- Netherlands, uh, Belgium, they had months of, uh, when they had renewable energy more than uh, just fossil fuels. And uh, I, th- yeah, I, I think I know what you mean. And there are, the, that uh, coil plant factories are not really clean, right? And uh, right. but we are going to abandon them. Uh, and uh, Belgium have uh, had closed uh, the last uh, coil factory uh, three years ago, I guess. And uh, other countries are on the way to to close and to to refuse using the fossil fuel. And uh, Mr. Biden is also investing a lot of uh, like billions, tens of billions of dollars into this uh, electrical infrastructure. Um, so I, I believe in the best of electric future. Yeah. 
Yeah, it just seems like that is one problem that we'll be able to solve easier than some of the other ones. That's just my perception. Right. Some of them Absolutely. are going to be tough, but I think electricity will be available in some form or another. And especially now, again, we're, we're, we can't go forward with talking about a Ukrainian business without talking about the current conflict that's going on right now. The reliance on foreign fossil fuels is a major concern, and especially in Europe, not just in Ukraine, but in all of Europe, there's a huge dependency on, for example, Russian natural gas and so on. So getting off of those kinds of dependencies seems to be a very important thing. Absolutely. And uh, I know it from my early ages, uh, like, as I mentioned, my father was a professor of ecology and he was, uh, and I grew up in Kazakhstan, in Almaty city, it's my hometown. And uh, my father was involved in, into all largest ecological, you know, issues in Kazakhstan. Uh, clean air in Almaty, uh, like uh, dry sea, RLC, which was sank just uh, in, in the desert this nuclear disarmament of Kazakhstan in 90s. So uh, he was involved in all the ecological issues and I grew up with that. And I know, uh, I, I knew a lot about the fossil fuel uh, in my early ages. And when I was uh, 20, I guess, yeah, I, I went to, uh, I, I've got a job in, in the oil and gas corporation. It's the largest company in Kazakhstan. It's a state-owned uh, corporation. So I worked for for oil and gas company for you several for years. The man, <laughs> yes, for him. <laughs> uh, so uh, th that was my way to to the zero emission, uh, you know, mind. That was your path. Yes, so you, you get to an eco-friendly company by way of the oil and gas industry. I love it. It's brilliant. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's true. So you and recognize the, firsthand the problems you saw. Absolutely. What was yes, coming. And, yes. And speaking about uh, my hometown, uh, Almaty, I love this city. And Have you ever been in Kazakhstan? No, I haven't. I haven't been anywhere in Eastern Europe. The farthest east I've been is uh, Berlin. Okay, uh, I hope you'll be able to come to Ukraine maybe in the next few years. Uh, I would love to. My greatest yeah. joy in the whole world is traveling and meeting new people. That's yeah. the most so, fun thing I can ever do. Yeah, that's great. So when we'll have victory, uh, I, I, I'm i absolutely sure we will rebuild our country and uh, yes. it will be very beautiful. And you and uh, everyone are more than welcome. I love it. So, I look forward thanks. to it. I'm going to yeah, get uh, one of those bikes first, though. Of course. Yeah, yeah. We can speak <laughs> <Yeah>. about it. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, coming back to Almaty, uh, it's a beautiful city. I grew up there, and uh, it's surrounded by mountains, high mountains, uh, like with snow, with peaks, uh, and uh, mm, they surround the city with uh, from three sides. So, in fact, there is no wind because of these mountains in the city. And all the pollution all the co2 and uh, other yeah it stays over the city it, it's crazy it's like uh, you know if you go up to, to the mountains you can see the black lands ugh. above the city and you cannot even see the buildings because of this polluted air it's it's a catastrophe ugh. it's a ecological disaster in almaty and my heart is broken because of that and uh, from the very early ages uh, i wanted to make the air in Almaty cleaner. So I thought, okay, what, what is possible to do? I don't know, some fantastic projects, uh, some huge tube which will blow out this pollution or something like that. Uh, but then uh, when I became uh, an entrepreneur, I thought, okay, electric vehicles could be a solution uh, to make the air cleaner. And not only in Almaty, but in all big cities, Los Angeles, uh, Beijing, yeah, too. Yeah. yeah, Paris, yes, everywhere. So that's how I became an uh, environmentalist. So it started with recognizing a problem and wanting to solve it. Would you say that that was how you became an entrepreneur or was it more that you always had a desire to be an entrepreneur? You just didn't know what it was going to be? Uh, that was steps uh, for to this understanding. Uh, no, I, I didn't know that I want 
to become an entrepreneur and clean tech entrepreneur. No, I didn't have such uh, dreams uh, in my youth. Uh, but uh, I I always like to start something new, new project, like to, to create. Uh, so I was a new project manager in this uh, uh, oil and gas corporation. Uh, I was in the real estate division uh, and uh, as a project manager, I started uh, building of a national chain of uh, gas stations. So at the end of the day, uh, they built 500 gas stations uh, upon the programs which I developed. Then we uh, we, we traveled a lot. Uh, we traveled through ex-Soviet Union countries uh, to Southeast Asia, to Europe, and we we bought lands. We made uh, land development there, and we built like office centers or, and uh, other buildings, and sold it. So uh, I was the manager who was l- launching this project, who who was finding, uh, searching for the new land, and to created business plans, and said, "Okay, here we can create a entertainment center. Let's say here is a business plan. Here is the ROI." So. They had tons of money, this uh, corporation, oil and gas corporation. So, and we launched. That was really successful. This is how I uh, learned to start new businesses mm. uh, with with uh, someone's money, you know. So, so you're an <laughs> entrepreneur, as they say. You're right, right, right. Operating and within then, yeah. the company itself. And you understood uh, what it meant. You said, if I have a big budget, this is what I could do with it. This is what money can help me achieve. Yes, that's true. And uh, in 2008, uh, I, uh, you remember that was a huge economical crisis, and uh, real estate just, uh, you know, exploded, frozen. Yeah, Uh, and uh, our business has stopped. And uh, I had some, a little money, like hundred thousand dollars, not so much. Uh, But uh, I thought, okay, what I'm going to do now? the real estate industry where I'm an expert. Uh, so it, it just stopped. I cannot implement my knowledge uh, anywhere. So maybe this is a good time to start something new. Uh, and I moved to Kiev, to Ukraine. I love this city. I love country. I love people. So I, I had been living for 12 years uh, after that uh, in in Ukraine before I moved to Los Angeles in in 2021 Mm -hmm. so uh i thought okay now uh in in 2008 uh, i thought "Mm, probably now i know how to start a new business so let's try it i had some money and uh, i had a lot of courage and ambitious so i launched my first startup and that was the time of uh, for startup uh, industry growing growth uh and I thought maybe I, I I'm not so smart. I don't I don't have any unique idea. So let's clone uh, some successful ideas. And there were no. Uh, I had a problem uh, in Kiev because I was traveling a lot. I didn't know which restaurants I sh- I can go into a new city. Not only Kiev, but uh, whatever. And anywhere. Uh, yeah, anywhere. Yeah, and uh, there were no. Uh, you know, TripAdvisor at that time. There were no uh, Google reviews. and uh, But th- th- that time uh, there was Yelp in, in the United States. So I decided just to clone Yelp for Ukraine. Okay. So that was that was my unique idea, to steal the idea of Yelp and to, to implement it in Ukraine. Uh, so I, I did it and uh, I failed. Hmm. So <laughs> I... Put all my money into this project, uh, and I thought, okay, I'm a smart guy and I know how to do business. But no, I didn't. Uh, I made all the possible mistakes which uh, startup entrepreneurs uh, can could ever make. So I was the only one, but usually you have to have a, a team. Uh, mm. I was b- building a product instead of building instead of testing the demand. Uh, I was uh, investing in the wrong, mm, in the wrong, you know, ways. Uh, I was investing into marketing before I 
uh, received a um, sustainable business model, for example. So I made all the possible mistakes. And uh, but after a couple of years, I sold this project with loss, uh, but still I sold it. And that gave me uh, some strength to, to go forward, to launch next startup. Then I launched next and then next. So I established maybe 15 unsuccessful projects. 15? Uh, <laughs> yes. Really? <laughs> yes, yes. No wow. kidding. But, like, but my, this Yelp for Ukraine is number one. Uh, <laughs> it, its name was uh, best.ua, like best places in Kiev, for example. And then uh, and another example, I thought, oh, in, in, in America, there is a, really successful project called uh, open table so booking booking a table so let's daniel why not to create the open table for ukraine so people are people needs to book some tables in the restaurants uh, so i invested a lot of uh, time and money i hired uh, two developers uh, designers and uh, we started to to work on this uh, you know button book a table and uh, we quickly realized that this is not just a button because when you push the button at open table and booking a table in a restaurant there is some system which says back that okay this table will be uh, available at this exact time at this day for for this amount of people so there is a kind of management system table management system yeah so we had to develop this table management system and then we had to educate all these restaurant owners and restaurant administrators to use this table management system. And then we realized that nobody, when, when we launched, finally launched it, we realized that nobody uh, is pushing this button because people just get used to call to the restaurant to book a table. Mm-hmm. So we started to invest a lot of money into advertising to promote this uh, button. You know, and th- we spent like, 10 or 11 months to understand that nobody is pushing this button. And uh, uh, finally, we I, I realized, okay, this is a fail. So we have to close this project. And uh, when uh, after that, when I thought back, uh, when I discussed this situation with other entrepreneurs, investors, one, one of uh, the investors said, hey, Daniel, why didn't you use a fake button? I said, what do you mean, fake button? He goes, like a button with no this table management system, with no everything, with no connection to restaurants, with no education of owners, etc. Just, just, Just a fake button with nothing behind it. I said, oh, well, it's a, it's a fraud. He said, no, if someone will push this button, uh, you you can make a call to the restaurant and book him a table and then call back. That's okay. It works. Uh, but what will, you will get is you will understand if anyone pushes the button or not. You will see the demand. I said, really? Are you serious? I could do that? He said, of course. And you would understand within a week. Uh, not within a year, but within a week, you will see if that nobody wants this. Uh, that there is no such problem in Ukraine, like to, to book a restaurant. You you just come and see. There, there are no queues uh, most most of the time. <sighs> so he said, you will understand the demand after one week of testing. And I just thought, hey, I could have saved a lot of money, efforts. My you know part of my soul, uh, I implemented into this project. Uh, just to test this hypothesis, just to see if someone needs it or not. And uh, that was a lesson from this uh, mm-hmm. failed uh, failed startup, this button. So I had, uh, so that was two. So I had another 13 <laughs> failed another projects. Another 13 to go. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and everyone gave me some lessons. <laughs> everyone gave you some lessons. And that, that brings up an interesting point is, how do you know when something has failed and when it hasn't? Especially when you're trying to make a bigger difference, like, to make an eco-friendly change in the world. It's something that I've come up against many times. Obviously, a lot of successful entrepreneurs that I've talked to have done what you said. They validated their idea first. Before they even had a product, one of the people I talked to, he sold his product to the CEOs of hotel chains, a a more 
eco-friendly way to package soap for hotel chains. He sold it before he'd ever even made a proof of concept. And somebody said, yeah, <laughs> well, we'll buy it. He never even made a prototype. He didn't even know if it was possible. So obviously, from an entrepreneurship perspective, that's the right way to do it. But when you have a broader change that you want to make, like getting people off of gasoline or reducing fossil fuels, how do you know when something is a failure and it's time to move on? Or how do you know when you should put in more effort if you're not seeing the results that you're hoping for? Well, that's a good question. And I found an answer for me, uh, not at once, but uh, after I failed maybe a third or fourth or fifth project, I thought, okay, I have to find this point when I uh, have to stop, to make a hard stop. Because you always want to put some more efforts and probably there is a, I don't know, golden mine after it. Uh, so I made a rule for myself of three months. Like uh, when I have an idea and uh, I'm writing all my crazy or brilliant ideas into my uh, Google Notes. So uh, when I have an idea, and after that, if uh, I didn't do anything, uh, if I didn't implement this idea after three months, so I just abandoned it. Hmm. Because uh, today, right now, uh, at, at this moment, this idea could be good, but after half a year, some someone others will implement it. The world is changing really quickly. So after one year, nobody will need it, most likely. I believe so. Mm -hmm. So uh, I made the rule for myself, three, uh, three months. If I didn't uh, make first step towards realization the idea, I just abandoned it. Mm -hmm. Then I have another three months from the first step to first dollar. So when I started to implement... Three months idea, from idea to having made a first step and then an additional three months from first step to first dollar. Exactly. Wow. Yes. Six months yeah. to first dollar from conception. Yes, yes. And if, if I don't receive any money or after half a year, uh, then, you, you know, it's like, uh, it's uh, it could be obvious or not, I don't know. Uh, I cannot spend a year for an idea which doesn't give me any money. I have to pay for my bills, for, for my house, for, to my family and everything. So I, 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 I'm going to earn money. I'm going to build a business, right? So uh, after half a year, I have to find an answer. If this idea brings some money or not. If no, then uh, okay. Uh, let's just skip it and go to the next uh, idea or, uh, or next something. And this is uh, how I started my delivery business. Exactly the, the same way. Like uh, 2014, uh, in summer, uh, yes, like July, I had, uh, Ju July 2014, I had, uh, I came up with the idea of uh, delivery of smartphones with the speed of pizza delivery. Uh, I came to potential customers, I came to investors, and uh, in October, I I attracted uh, first money, like pre-seed money of $40,000, just to test the first hypothesis, just to, to check if this crazy idea would ever work or not. So 40K, not, well, it's enough for, to test the hypothesis. Uh, it's, it's really good money. Well, uh, I started. So I closed my first three months. So I made something to, to start uh, the project. And uh, October, uh, then... November 12th, we've made the first one-hour delivery. So we delivered a book within Kiev uh, in one hour. Nice. Yeah, it worked. Oh, so, so cool. We had couriers. We had the first electric bikes. We had our first, uh, you know, courier station uh, in the middle of Kiev. Uh, and uh, after one month, so uh, on December 12th, we were operationally profitable. So our incomes was more than our spendings. So that's another three months, or even less. Starting from October, in uh, in November, we made our first dollar, and in December, we became operationally profitable. So we were ahead of our schedule. Uh, Amazing. <laughs> so this is how I work. Yeah. If I would have think about this idea for half a year, oh, Daniel, let's create this one-hour delivery. 
Well, nobody will need it after half a year or one year. And I yeah. will, would switch to another project and I would have to pay for my bill. So I would I would definitely launch something another. So this is how I work. Three months, three months and another three months. That's so crazy. But it's uh, it's very wise. Yeah, I often wonder about that because in creative pursuits and also avoiding competition, like we talked about at the very beginning of, of this chat, is if somebody is in an area where there's too much competition, they may not make that kind of progress. So would you advise people who are in highly competitive areas who are beyond six months to, to just cut it off and find something new? Uh, yes and no. Uh, uh, I'll try to explain. Probably uh, those people who are in this uh, highly competitive area, they can find something uh, new in this area. Like I clearly remember uh, to, uh, when I read a book by Ben Horowitz, "The Hard Think About Hard Things." Uh, that was mm, early 2014, and uh, there are a lot of uh, great thoughts in these books and uh, a lot of uh, highly valued experience. Uh, but I want to quote one thing. Uh, ben says, and Ben is one of the most successful investors, venture investors in the world. Okay. Yeah. Yes. I'll he, read it. I've heard of it. I haven't read it yet. I'm adding it to the list. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So he established uh, uh, with his partner, Anderson Horowitz Venture Fund, as they call it A16Z for, for the amount of letters between uh, A and Z in their yeah. name. Uh, so he said, uh, if you create a tech company, a tech startup or whatever, or high-tech high company, you have to beat your most popular competitor at least 10 times. I've heard that. Uh, yes. So uh, this is what I did. Uh, I had a, a high competition uh, with, uh, with the delivery companies. So uh, all of them uh, delivered for within 24 hours or within two, three days, whatever. So I had to create uh, a delivery company to compete, uh, to successfully compete with them uh, at least 10, 10 times better than them. Uh, either 10 times cheaper. This is not a good example. Uh, cheaper price is not a good competition point, but just uh, to explain what I mean. Uh, either uh, 10 times cheaper or 10 times uh, better service or 10 times faster or 10 times, uh, I don't know, whatever. 10 times better in some point. Mm -hmm. uh, so I decided, okay, let's make it 10 times faster. They deliver 24 hours, one day, I will deliver it one hour. It, this, this is exactly how I work. Uh, and it worked. I already shared my story. After that, I was uh, trying to to obey this rule, <laughs> like to stick to this rule. Uh, and when we created the e-bike, it was, uh, again, it was 10 times better than all other competitors. Right. They had 20 miles, we created 220 miles on the super right. charge, right? So at, if you create a 10 times better product, then you might have a chance to on the market. Because if you create a product with, you know, a little bit better parameters, like 10% better parameters than the most successful competitor, then you wouldn't uh, gain so many customers. Mm. They would stick to the competitor. For example, I can create a, you know, new search engine, just as an example. Uh, it would be 10% better search than Google. So what? No one will switch to my project, right? Because no. everybody gets used to to use Google. But if I would create a ten like ten times better than Google search engine, uh, and that could be if you go to to read Google uh, like negative reviews about Google, you will see that uh, many people are not happy that Google is reading the emails. It's breaching their privacy, etc. So if I can create a search engine machine which doesn't read emails, so that would be like 10 times better than Google, right? Then it might have a chance. And one guy really made it. And uh, he called such machine uh, DuckDuckGo. 
So yeah. it, it became successful, right? True. <laughs> so he created uh, a search engine machine 10 times better than Google. And then he gained his part of the market. So this is how it worked. Hmm. 10 times better. Yeah. Or at least getting there is going to create something much better. So 220 miles is not quite 10 times more than 40, but it's it's a lot more. Yeah. Yes. It's it's yes. significantly more. Significantly more. You have to and make significant. Yeah. Right. You're not going for price. Like you said, price is a terrible differentiator because your bikes are on the pricier side, but what they can do is extreme. And there's a reason for that added price point. Absolutely. When people see uh, the necessity to, to buy this, such kind of bike, they're ready to pay such price because they don't have another options. Like police officers are... We work with several police departments, and when they uh, they've tested our bikes, they said like, "Wow, this is exactly what we need." Because we tried to use other e-bikes with uh, 30 miles range, but you know, when I'm chasing a crime, and uh, I don't have to think about the battery. <laughs> yes. oh, uh, right. Another one got away. <laughs> sorry, Dang sorry, it. sorry, guy. I have to sorry. stick to the power socket. That's the saddest <laughs> thing I've ever heard. That's such a tragic thought. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> so they need it. <laughs> yes. So and we provided them a huge range a bike with enough power for the full day of uh, patrolling. So and they are ready to pay. All right. So let's let's ask it from another angle then, because this is something I'm very fascinated with. By the way, um, I've been doing this show for over a year. So I'm going to quit it now. See you later. I'm out of here. It has cool. been a waste of time. I'm going to go build something else now. <laughs> so your you show have reminded is me, way- sir, that I've wasted my life. Um, thank you for that. No, I didn't. <laughs> no, I'm just going to finish show- the book and then I'll and then I'll bow yeah. out. Um, <clears throat> That's cool. Anyway, your show is uh, is significantly better than others in some way. So you 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 just found your That's way. Because, and because I- you're here. That's why it's better. <laughs> because I got you, you on it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you. And, and all other guests. So this is your uh, recipe for success. So you found your uh, your better story. Like, uh, what is the way, what uh, what is there another way, right? Uh, how we can avoid often passes. So this is your story. And it's cool. I, I like your story. I like your the idea of your show. Cool. Well, that, that means so much to me coming from you, especially... <laughs> When you're talking about billions and all of these things that are just so outrageous but so believable. I'm uh, just in the way. I, I yeah, well, you'll, yes. you'll get there. I have no doubt in my mind. Um, Thank you. And so let's just say for the sake of argument that I decide that I want to build an e-bike that goes 2,000 miles on a single try. I say, I'm going to forget this guy. Forget 200 miles. I'm going to 10X him yet again. I'm going to make a 2,000-mile e-bike. That's my idea, and I write it in my Google Note today. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and I say I have six months to collect my first dollar when you've got a big idea like that how can you possibly get that first dollar in a six-month time frame you uh, just go to your potential customers and ask them if they are ready to buy it or not Uh, this is what i did with my delivery service Uh, when i just have an idea just a powerpoint presentation I went to online stores in Kiev and asked them, hey, guys, uh, you have your one-day delivery. Would you buy uh, one-hour delivery from me if I create it? And after they finished laughing, they said, yes. <laughs> <laughs> they said, yes, of course, <laughs> laugh, we would. Laugh, laugh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> So, uh, so yeah, this is what exactly what you have to do. Just go and ask your potential customers if they would pay for it or not. And uh, I can predict that uh, many people will tell you, oh, probably I don't need 2,000 miles. And then uh, after you ask uh, 100 or 1,000 people and when you receive 990 answers no, then you will probably think, okay, let's, uh, let's go to another idea. Let's yeah. create uh, 10 times... Uh, less weight bike and that could be a, a product that people would love to buy because they don't want heavy bikes they, they want to put uh, an e-bike into their um, tra- car trunk 
to, to take with them into metro or whatever. So they want light. And if you would create a 10 times uh, less weight bike, then they would say to you, yes, probably. Hmm. So this is what you should do. Just ask your potential customers. Okay. So we're kind of nearing the end of our hour here. Um, how do you, who do you ask? Do you just knock door to door? Where do you go to ask potential customers these types of questions? Oh, yeah, that's embarrassing. Like when I ask potential customers because I have to show them, uh, you know, raw product. I have only idea. I don't have any product uh, in the beginning, right? Right. And I, ha I have to show them just an idea. And yeah, it's so... Uh, confusing for me usually so but i uh, i had to do this uh, i i had another um, in my uh, within my 13 unsuccessful 15 unsuccessful project i had a uh like a dialer uh when 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 i will call to you and you will see my phone number and your iphone or android you will say okay daniel can copy and you would see my last post in facebook my last tweet or my geolocation from whatever from my last photo from instagram uh, and uh, if you see that i was married last week you would say oh daniel uh, happy marriage like sounds like that and you, you would see before you answered uh, a call right so i thought that could be a good idea uh but i've learned my previous lessons i don't have to start with the development first i have to ask customers before their development so i created the fake uh, screenshot of it uh, of this uh, application and i went to random people in the co-working uh, where I was sitting like in 2011. That was 11 years ago. Uh, and I came to those people who were working at their laptops or drinking a coffee. It, it was just a common co-working in, in the center of Kiev. And I said, oh, I'm really sorry, guys, but uh, I see you have an iPhone. And what do you think about such kind of an application? Uh, would you use it or not? And uh, they replied to me like, in a polite manner, of course, they said, oh, probably I don't need this uh, geolocation. Uh, that doesn't make any sense for me. But uh, could you make, uh, for example, text message, latest text messages from, from my friend? That would be really useful. And Or could you show last uh, phone call, time of last phone call with him or her? And I thought, oh, now I'm getting feedback. Now mm. I know that this part of my idea is not going to work, like, Instagram or GPS uh, coordinates, uh, mm. but I have to implement that and this, right? And uh, I, after I received this feedback, I could start uh, making development. Well, like first prototype. Right. So yeah, uh, you have to go to to customers before you start. I, this is uh, what I've learned out from my dozen of unsuccessful startups. Very nice. What I'm going to do is I'm going to take a block of cheese. I'm going to say, okay, now imagine that this block of cheese was a solar-powered car that flew and created water. <laughs> right. And I'll say, oh, man, this guy. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, and then it's, you just have to create it. <laughs> <laughs> I just have to create the solar-powered flying car that <laughs> yes. creates water out of the air. Um, right. <laughs> well, uh, you know, we're, we're again, like, we're, we're at the, basically at the end of our hour here. I want to ask one final question. So you've pursued a lot of things. You have taken some steps off of the path. You've returned to the path. You have stayed true to your eco-friendly roots. At this point in your life, in your career, and your mission, on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 is I have the worst life I can possibly imagine. 10 is I have the best life I can possibly imagine. Where do you feel that you are right now? Uh, I'm in the one of the best places on earth. I'm in Los Angeles. Uh, I'm, Indeed. yes, I'm doing what I want to do, what I wish to do, I'm willing to do. I'm creating an eco-friendly project with a huge, multi possible multi-billion evaluation. And uh, I am making air in cities cleaner. Uh, I'm doing really, you know, socially important project and with my lovely one and uh, I have a great family, great friends. So I would say nine, of course, nine, because I always have to improve something. Right. Yes. 
Well, that's a great answer. And uh, now I'm going to leave the floor to you to wrap it up. So whatever you want to promote, you can direct people to your website, whatever you want to say. The final word of this episode is yours. So have at it. Great, Ross. Uh, so we've opened our next uh, venture round. Uh, we are um, we are going to open an assembly factory here in the U.S. Uh, so we want to expand our sales and production in the U.S. Uh, so we've opened Series A venture round, and uh, everyone, please, if you know some investors, or if you are an investor, just go to seriesa.delfastbikes.com and uh, contact me at uh, DT for Daniel Tonkopi at uh, delfastbikes.com. I will be more than happy to discuss with you our investment opportunities and how we can make the world better together. Well, thank you. That's a fabulous way to wrap it up. I really appreciate your time, Daniel. I really support what you're doing. I can't wait to see what the future holds. And uh, maybe we'll get together out here in LA one of these days. Uh, of course, thank you. And uh, just one little postscriptum that sure. we uh, we are going to launch a new model uh, within the next uh, two three months, and uh, this is just a small teaser. I wouldn't uh, uh, unveil much today, but uh, Ross, you're more than welcome to the opening uh, ceremony. You will be the first to know about this model. I would love to be there. That sounds Great. incredible. I'm scared to think of what it could do. <laughs> <laughs> like 80 miles an hour, 3,000 well, mile rain. But no, I, I'd be honored to. I'd love to check it out. We'll get a video there. It'll be amazing. Yeah, Let me great. know. We, we, we are going to another way. Uh, so you will see. Okay. Sounds okay. good. Very exciting. Well, Daniel, thank you so much. And with that, thank the you. official podcast is over. over.